Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross and I am jumping on just completely impromptu with a few bullet points to talk about something mega, mega important. So many of the conversations that I've been having lately have been inquiry calls. So people inquiring to work with me in different capacities on a one-to-one basis inside the Thrive First Method. Doors close on the 30th of September, 2023. Um, But also with my current client base, and it's made me have a realization about the work that I do that I don't believe I've ever shared this angle on the inner work conversation. And it's a really important one, especially if A, you listen to these podcast episodes and do this work, as in you take these podcast episodes and you do something with them. You don't just treat it as easy breezy listening to accompany you on your way to work. You actually pause the episode and think, okay, cool. So how can I apply what Nick's talking about into my inner world, into my life and business? But also, if you are thinking of coming and doing this work with me, if you're considering actually booking in your inquiry call and thinking about coming and doing my work, the inner work with me supporting you, I think today's episode is something that, well, I know today's episode is something that you really do need to consider. I think that one of the things that has come off the back of the inner work being such a prevalent thing in the online space and out in the world in general has been the acknowledgement and awareness of how your inner world can massively play a part in your outer results. And you hear me talk about it all the time. I talk about how your inner world, whether you like it or not, wherever you go, there you are, it's rippling out into your business, regardless of whether you're aware of it and doing anything about it or not. The thing that I don't often talk about is a, surpa- a surprising outcome of the coaching and the work that I do. And I say the coaching and the work that I do because it's not just coaching. Sometimes I'm training, sometimes I'm delivering workshops, sometimes I'm facilitating. Um, just I know it's I know it's fucking cliche, but by holding space. And what I mean by that is sometimes I'm not trying to coach my clients out of what they are experiencing. Sometimes I'm just offering for them to see it as a different perspective. And actually what I'm going to talk to you about in this episode today, I have taken one, two, three, four examples of what I see and what I hear people talk about and what I hear on inquiry calls. And I just want to offer it to you in a different perspective, similar to the work that I do. So let's take this first one. Uh, and it, it's linked, by the way, that point that I've just made about holding space for something and not necessarily coaching you out of it and making you, like, if you're experiencing something, making that bad or wrong, but just making it, making you see that maybe this is part of the journey. Maybe this is what you're meant to be experiencing, even if it doesn't feel right, even if it feels like shit. So let's go in. People sometimes come to me and they'll say, I really want some help with overcoming self-doubt. And I'm like, okay, cool. So let's talk about that then. When do you experience doubt? When do you experience self-doubt coming up? And when do you experience doubt in maybe um, the majority of the time, this will be like, I experienced doubt when I'm not getting the results quickly enough, when things aren't happening quickly enough, which by the way, I've done an episode called what to do when things aren't happening quickly enough in business. But let's come back to this episode. What What I often get people to consider either when they're in this space or when they come to me saying, I want to learn how to overcome self-doubt. 
what I want to offer to you is maybe it's not about overcoming the self-doubt. Maybe it's about tolerating it. I'm going to say that again. Maybe it's not about overcoming self-doubt or overcoming doubt because they're two different things. Self-doubt is about like, can I do this? Am I able? Do I have the capacity to do X, Y, and Z or whatever? General doubt is, I'm not sure this is going to work, which if you think about that from a logical perspective, general doubt can offer us perspectives that we may not have seen. And if we remove our own self-esteem from that question, doubt can be a really, really helpful thing. You know, I was speaking to a one-to-one client earlier on today, and we decided that today isn't a good day for us to explore this particular thing with her because she was hormonal as fuck. And therefore, um, she was wanting to explore something that I can't share because it would be breaching confidentiality. It's too specific to share, but it was a it was a problem that she'd identified and she wanted to bring to the table. But both of us knew that she was due on and both of us knew that the angle upon which she was looking at this problem in inverted commas wasn't a, wasn't, it wasn't an accurate angle. It was an angle tainted with, um, some of the deeply rooted conditioning about what's wrong with her. And I put that in inverted commas because what she sees is not wrong with her isn't real. And it's even more so not real when she's hormonal. And she was perceiving this very real, potentially real business problem of, um, and therefore having doubt about a business issue. But she was perceiving that through the eyes of being hormonal as fuck. Now, when you're hom- hormonal as fuck, I know this quite well, everything is shit. The world is fucked. And, <laughs> and, we ourselves are the shittest. Like we are, we're awful when we're hormonal as fuck, right? So I want you to see that overcoming self-doubt isn't really always the accurate thing or the right thing to do. Sometimes we have to, um, instead of try to overcome our self-doubt, sometimes it's actually a better pursuit and a more healthy pursuit to instead of overcoming the self-doubt, it's to tolerate the self-doubt as you're growing, as you're learning, as you're navigating business. Because you're going to have it. You're going, it's normal, like for fuck's sake. Self-doubt is normal. Everyone will experience self-doubt. And furthermore, everyone will experience doubt in business. And when we're talking about doubt in business, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to question, right? I'm taking this approach and I'm doubting it because I'm experiencing results X, Y, and Z. Therefore, objectively, maybe not when I'm hormonal as fuck, should I actually look at that and see, is there a better way to navigate this? Doubt is fine. But what I'm asking you to see here is when people come into my space and they're like, I want to learn to overcome self-doubt. I know it's it, it can seem like we're just talking about words. I think people say that's, is it semantics? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not intelligent enough to know the appropriate word in, but it can seem like we're just concentrating on words and it's not. It's a really important point. I'm not here to help you overcome self-doubt. I'm here to help you tolerate the self-doubt that you will more than likely experience as you navigate through business. It's not about overcoming it. It's about tolerating your inner world and slowing down just enough to see what is real and what is actually just my fears playing out loud 
And how can I slow down enough to not take action from those fears, not take action from the voice of self-doubt, but instead tolerate it, see it for what it is. It's just the voice of self-doubt. How am I able to more powerfully and more, um, uh, what's the word? Congruently. And by the way, congruent in alignment with my real self, not just my insecure self. How can I more congruently navigate through business? Let's pick another example. I've got four examples to give you in this episode. The other thing, another thing that I've heard a lot of lately on inquiry calls is, Nick, I really want to be okay with uncertainty. I'm not okay with uncertainty. And again, I know it's just words, but it's also not what I think people mean when they say that and what I actually help people do is I don't actually really help people be okay with uncertainty. Uncertainty is fucking horrible. You tell someone who's waiting for a diagnosis to be okay with uncertainty, right? You tell someone who's waiting on uh, a late client invoice, be okay with uncertainty. They're going to want to punch you in the nose. <laughs> so instead, again, I know it's just words, but it's also not. What I help people to do is not be okay with uncertainty. It's to help them tolerate their own thoughts, emotions, when they're in uncertain grounds. It's hel- it's, it's helping them to tolerate themselves when they're in the uncertainty. Uncertainty is going to happen. It's a part of business. It's also part of life. But the majority of the work that I do is about helping people with their inner world so that they can more confidently and powerfully navigate business their way, not in a not in a way that aligns with someone else or how they feel like they should be doing it. And so when it comes to uncertainty, all's all's uncertainty is, and I'm sure I've got an episode lined up on this. In fact, I think I have. It's the next one. All uncertainty is, is us not knowing. And in the not knowing, and I'm not going to go too much into this because I'm remembering the next episode that's coming out. All it is, is in the not knowing, quite often, instead of looking at the different angles that are available, the different things that could potentially happen, some of them are amazing outcomes. What we're more likely to do when we're feeling the discomfort of the uncertainty is to think about and, and, um, obsess over all of the terrible outcomes that can happen with uncertainty. And therefore it's not the uncertainty that we're not cool with, it's ourselves. And it's the job that I do is helping people learn how to tolerate themselves and uh, work with their own inner world when they are in uncertainty. It's helping them to tolerate their feelings and be more comfortable and get more comfortable with the way that they feel and be more aware of the thoughts they're thinking when they are in the uncertainty. I've got two more examples. The next example that I've got for you is fear of failure. And you will hear it. Like I've got client testimonials talking about when I, before I started working with Nikki, oh my God, the fear of failure was driving everything in my business. And what I recognize now is when I work with my clients, it's not necessarily the fear of failure that we get rid of because we're not getting rid of it because as they navigate through business, they're going to be navigating different things that they've never experienced before, more so after the work that we've done together. And so what I do is I actually increase their tolerance to the discomfort 
of potential failure, of potentially getting it wrong. And I actually therefore make it easier for them to spot where it's a will thing and where it's a skill thing. So what I mean by that is when people are afraid of failure in inverted commas, what it usually means is they're doing something that they've never done before, or they're having to put themselves out there in a way that they've never put themselves out there before, or um, whatever, like navigate through business and do things and be things that they've never had to do or be before. And therefore, they're, they're holding hands with the fact that this might not go the way that they want it to go or expect it to go. And in that space, there is a huge amount of discomfort when it comes to potential failure, potentially getting it wrong. And that's why a lot of people, when they when they say, I'm not cool with the, the fear of failure is running the show, what they'll find is before they do this work, they'll be navigating business to avoid any potential failure, which just looks like them operating in their zone of comfort and getting frustrated with that because they know that they could do more. They know more is available for them, but more is not available for them when they're so uncomfortable with what failure and failing and getting it wrong out loud in public could potentially mean for them. And so my job, the work that I do with them is helping them to tolerate their inner world and the discomfort of getting it wrong and failing. And failure can also look like I expected it to go this way. So I don't know if someone puts a podcast episode out there and they expected to get hundreds of listens and they only got two and one was their nan and one was themselves. <laughs> it's like, how can we help you tolerate the discomfort of that? And any voices and any thoughts that come up for you in that space so that you don't stop your actions there and tell yourself a story that you're shit, so that you are able to continue taking the steps until you get success in inverted commas. So many people are held back by this fear of failure, not because they're not doing the the things, but because the internal thought process that happens when they do something and it doesn't quite go their way, or when they do something and they get it wrong, they then, on top of that, tell themselves a story which says things like, well, see, you weren't cut out for this in the first place. See, you shouldn't have done that. Now you've made a fool of yourself, etc., etc." And my work is to help them see when those voices come up and actually help them to manage those voices so that they can continue to take steps even when it's not going their way. That's that's what business is about ultimately, particularly for those of you listening to this who are running your own business. It's not about making sure that everything goes just so. You're never able to control all of the variables and therefore it's not the fear of failure that we're trying to overcome. It's your tolerance in your inner world as you navigate from failure to failure. (laughs) And what I'm not saying there is that everything that you gonna do is gonna be a failure. I'm just saying that the more comfortable you can get with doing something that doesn't quite meet your meet your own perfectionistic tendencies of what you expected it to look like, both in the outcome and also in the results, the more you can become more comfortable with that and not shame yourself or judge yourself or criticize yourself in that space, the more able you're going to be to actually get on and do the things that you need to do in business to generate the successful results that you want to see, that you want to experience. And the last area that I want to talk about is owning your authentic brilliance. 
I get inquiry calls after people have listened to episode 156, 157 of the Inner Work Conversation, where I talk about not holding back, not sh- not holding back your brilliance, owning your authentic truth, all of those kinds of things, you know, owning your brightness out loud in public. And so therefore people will come and they'll be like, I want to do that. I want to own my authentic brilliance. I want to show up as me. I want to stop trying to conform to the societal standard or the industry standard or fitting into this very specific box that feels like I'm wearing a straitjacket. But there's more, again, there's more than meets the eye here. You know, when it comes to authentically showing up as you, again, I'm going to talk about tolerance here. You you have to know that there's more to this than just owning your brilliance. And maybe, maybe I've grown since recording episode 156, 157. It's more than that. It's owning and tolerating the your own inner world when there could be opinions from others who are uncomfortable with you shining very brightly. What I notice a lot of is when I get on calls with my own clients and I'm, and that we're talking about them owning their brilliance and them really stepping into what they want to share, what's on their heart, what they're holding back with that they wish they weren't. And when we actually get into the nitty gritty of talking about what it is that they're really scared of and they say, you know, I'm just afraid that other people are going to think this and I'm afraid of comments like that, we actually talk about well, how have people reacted before and has have these comments actually come? What we actually realise is none of those comments have ever happened to them. They've never had comments like that, or maybe they have, but it's been from when they were younger. It's been from when they were, you know, a teenager or in their earlier professional stages. And what's always quite fascinating to me is it's never really the actual event happening. It's never really the or shining very brightly. And by very brightly, I don't mean more bright than you are. I just mean as the, you know, the true you with all of your amazing colors and shapes and and unique fingerprint that you are showing that to the world also means that you are opening yourselves up to people not liking the real you. Because it's easier, isn't it, to show up and for people to not like the the not real you, the fake you, because then it's like, well, I was just pretending anyway. <laughs> I wasn't really being me anyway. So it's okay when you don't like that because that's not really the real me. And that's what I want to get at here. When we talk about owning your authentic brilliance, what we're really talking about is tolerating the discomfort of other people potentially having an opinion of your brightness, of your uniqueness, of your authenticity. And actually, it's not their opinion that we need to tolerate, it's ourselves when they have an opinion. You know, can I tolerate it when someone says, I don't like that about you? And the way that I usually put this to my clients is if someone said to me, I don't like your car. I think it's a shit car. I don't care. There's nothing inside of me to tolerate because I don't care about cars. However, if someone said to me, I think your podcast episodes are shit on the inner work conversation, there's going to be some discomfort inside of me that I'm going to need to tolerate because that's something I deeply care about. And what I often find is, and you might be doing this in your own head right now, what I often find is the first thing that my own clients will resort to that hasn't been working for them is logic. There'll be that their mechanism for coping 
and and tolerating the discomfort of other people not liking their authentic brilliance has been logic. And that sounds like, yeah, well, well not everyone's going to like your stuff. And yeah, well, it's okay that, you know, I'm not for everyone. You know, you're not everyone's cup of tea. And that logic doesn't work because your mind knows all of that already. It's not the mind stuff. It's not the logic stuff that is the problem. It's the discomfort. It's the way that it feels. It's the tolerance to how it feels. And logic's going to do fuck all for that. And a lot of my clients will say, well, what do I do? And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly it. It's not about what you do. You can't do out of feeling. You just have to be. You have to accept it. You have to actually through the surrender and through the acceptance and through the giving yourself grace and through, when I say acceptance, I literally mean that through the accepting of, holy fuck, I've just put something out there and it didn't really get that many likes or people actually commented on it and said they didn't like it or whatever that looks like for you or or no one is buying my thing. Whatever that looks like for you, it's tolerating the discomfort of how that feels, recognizing what stories come up for you inside of your own mind and making sure that any future further action you take from that point isn't driven by those things. It's instead driven by, cool, so put that thing out there and no one's buying it. Now, what my mind wants to tell me is, oh, that's because you're shit. And that's because no one's going to buy your thing because you are shit and you, you may as well not try. And da 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 da. And it's like, tolerating the discomfort of the thoughts that might come up to fill those gaps that you're not comfortable with and being responsible for your professional integrity and what you're in what you are actually responsible for as an example I am a business owner and I am responsible for my business so I am also responsible for the tolerance of showing up truly authentically as myself because when I do that and people don't like it or when I don't make the sale or get the client or whatever that looks like for you, it's tolerating what might come up inside of myself to then take responsibility from a business perspective without applying all of my own shit onto it. So applying your own shit onto it sounds like, well, no one's buying that because I'm shit. No one's buying that because of course they're not going to because I'm so awful and they're seeing through me and all, all of the stuff that potentially could come up for you in that place. And it's instead developing a tolerance to what could come up in your own inner world so that you can actually move forward and take action from a more neutral place. I know that I've mentioned this in a in a previous episode. Empowerment sometimes doesn't look like being super powerful and positive. Empowerment sometimes, being powerful sometimes looks like bringing yourself back into neutrality and bringing yourself back into like back up from a place of I'm shit and that's why everything is happening in my outer world up into a place of neutrality where you can say, actually, there clearly is a business problem there. Oh, I see what it is. I'm not, I'm not explaining the benefits enough or the business problem looks like this. And when I separate my own self and my own inner shit out from that, I can actually address the business problem. I've seen far too many people try and logic their way through and it not work. I've seen far too many people spend money after money after money, investment after investment after investment on things like marketing courses and sales courses and all of those things to not do anything with them because they can't tolerate the discomfort of practically applying those things and it not going their way. And that's what I mean when you come to me and say, I want to be able to show up 
owning my authentic brilliance, part of that work is increasing your tolerance for what happens when you own your authentic brilliance out loud and you don't get the expected or anticipated results and what might come up in your inner world and learning how to deal with that. So I'm going to summarize this episode. What I hope that today has done for you is give you more of an insight into the world that I, the, the world, the work, the work that I actually do with my clients. Because I think it's really easy to be like, yeah, it's overcoming this or it's beating that or it's silencing my inner critic or whatever that, whatever it is. And actually, I sort of want to say that maybe self-doubt will always be there. Maybe your inner critic will always be there in some way, shape or form. Maybe that's the right thing. Maybe as you navigate business and the different things, hopefully you're not going to stagnate. Hopefully you're not going to get to a certain level of business success and think, right, that's me done. Maybe, you know, there's different areas for you to explore. And I'm not just talking there about continual, mindless growing on, growing on, growing. Maybe you want to explore something that you've never done before or whatever that looks like for you. Whatever continually expanding and navigating business looks like for you, please know that my my personal view is that self-doubt is going to crop up time after time. And your inner critic, in inverted commas, is going to be there. It's not something to, you are not something to overcome. <laughs> You're not something to overcome. It's just that sometimes we can find better ways to deal with ourselves when we are experiencing challenging times. And by the way, my work isn't just about helping you to experience and uh, honor yourself and take care of yourself and powerfully navigate through tricky times. What this work also does is open up the possibility for really fucking cool things. And I very rarely talk about this side of my work in the inner work conversation simply because it looks so different for each client. You know, for some people, what this will what this work does is it gener it does generate more inquiries for them and therefore does generate more revenue in their business because they're learning how to tolerate the discomfort of what they weren't able to previously tolerate. For other people, it the outcomes can look more like being able to not answer emails at 10 o'clock at night and not bend and flex to every client's whim because they're more able to hold their own and actually be a leader and not um, just drop everything at the drop of a hat because a client potentially might not be happy with them. Can you see what I mean? Everyone's got different external outcomes that are generated based on this work. And I want you to consider that if you were to come and do this work with me and you were to increase your tolerance for the things that you currently aren't able to tolerate because it's too fucking uncomfortable, what could that mean for you? Think about those possibilities. And that's, I've done an episode on what's it costing you to not do this work. And I've also done an episode on why is it that you think you don't need this support? I'm going to link them in the show notes to this episode. I really want you to let those be the next ones that you listen to. And I really want to encourage you to come and book in your inquiry call if this is the kind of work that you want to go ahead and do. So all of that said, please, please never forget, I really am always cheering you on. And I hope this episode has helped you to cheer yourself on too, not just through the cheering and the go, you can do it, but also through the 
normalizing that some of the things that you're experiencing that you would rather not are really fucking normal things. And so I hope that you're cheering yourself on by not trying to avoid or escape them when you're in them. Instead, supporting yourself through them. And with that, thank you so much for being with me today. I'll see you in the next episode. It's going to be a good one.